It seems like there's always things that uh, God brings along for us that uh, shock us. We didn't expect them. We weren't necessarily looking forward to them. Um, There's all sorts of reasons why these things, uh, why these things uh, come to pass, and uh, God is testing us every day. And so, um, if you see in Genesis chapter 22, we're going to be looking at, as I said this morning, the life of Abraham. Right? It's easy to follow God when things are going our way, isn't it? It's easy to be right in there. It's easy to have a good spirit. It's easy to be happy. It's easy to have, you know, a little spring in your step when everything's going your way. <clears throat> but the test that God brings us through over and over again, can we have that same spring in our step and the same joy when things are, feel like they're falling in? When it seems like uh, there's something going on here that I don't really um, understand. And so we're going to look at that this morning. We are all familiar with the life of Abraham. We all know what happened there. And we're going to look at three areas this morning in Abraham's life. There is a request from the Lord. And God brings requests to us all the time, doesn't he? They, how do they come to us today? They, they, they come from reading your Bible, right? And you'll see something, you'll go, oh, woe is me, right? Or you'll notice something, and I'm telling you, you said, I've read this, I don't know how many times, and this time I read it, and went, boom, and hit me right here. And um, so he, come, he, he, he uh, requests things from us, and we see it in his word. We see it through the preaching of the word. Right. If if the preacher, hopefully, we always desire to be faithful to the Word of God and uh, be in context and everything be accurate with what the text is saying, and uh, the Lord will speak through the messages, and He'll go, oh. And sometimes a request comes. You need to do this. You need to stop this. You need to go here. You need to, you know. And we've all been there. Amen. You've all been there, and uh, and you know what that is. And and uh, the Bible says that Abraham was a man of great faith. And so, we're going to look at that, uh, look at that just for a, a, just a short time this morning. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 and 10. By faith, Abraham, when he's called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, obeyed, right? And went out not knowing whither he went. Now, I know we've done that. You get out in the car and you're heading down the road and you're like, oh, where was I going? Why am I in the car? What am I doing? Anybody ever done that? Right? Anybody do it recently this week? Maybe going, wait, how did I get here? What am I doing in the kitchen? I know I came in here, but why am I here? Right? <laughs> I did that the other day. I'm like, I know I came in here for something and I can't remember why. Right? But no, this is different. He went out not knowing whether he went. He went out at the request of God. And he went out not knowing where the end was. Wow, that's quite a deal. Right? Now listen, we, we look at the life of Abraham some you know, 4,000 years later, and we all act all bad about ourselves, right? Like we're pretty good. And uh, we have 4,000 years of, of history. We have 4,000 years of the recording of the Word of God. We have 4,000 years of evidence of how God is and His character and everything about Him. And Abraham didn't have any of that. He didn't have any of that. And he went out and he believed God. I mean, that's incredible. He said, well, he had the direct voice of God. Friend, if you look at our Bible today and you understand the, 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 the statistic and possibility that this came through by just human origin alone, you'd realize you have the Word of God. You have the very words of God. Actually, but like Peter said, a more sure word of prophecy, right? 
What, what's more sure about this? Well, we can, we can mistake voices. That's why the Bible said, try the Spirit, see whether they be of God. We can mistake, you ever heard somebody saying, God told me to do this, and you're going, are you sure? Are you sure? That seems odd, right? And uh, boy, we have the Word of God today. We have, the, we have the Bible. We're thankful for that. Abraham went out with what little he had. What little he, all he had was the Word of God. And, uh, and he went out. I like what Paul said when God called him. Jesus called him there, and he said, uh, he said immediately... I conferred not with flesh and blood. He said immediately, I didn't call somebody up and say, hey, what do you think about this? He didn't call a, a, an old rabbi friend or an old Pharisee uh, Sanhedrin uh, friend and say, hey, this is what happened on my way to Damascus. What do you think this means? Right? Immediately, no, he got up and said, yes, Lord, what will you have me to do? Right? I like that. And God likes that. And so he says, by faith, he, verse 9, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him for the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations. Right? There's a lot of things that are built that don't have a foundation. Right? He said, the Bible says here, Abraham looked for a city that had foundations. He had foundations, right? God, it is God, look, whose builder and maker is God. Builder and maker. Yeah, is God. And He is also the foundation. We're thankful for that. And this is what Abraham was looking for, right? And so in verse 8, there's a word here. That word called. It means to invite. God invited Abraham on a journey of faith. And you know, He invites you and I today on a journey of faith. Some people will get saved. I've called them saved unbelievers. They, they believe, they, 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 they're born again, they put their faith in Jesus Christ, right? But they go through the rest of their life struggling with belief in what God, how God wants them to live. And you notice they never reach maturity. How many know those? They've been saved 30, 40 years, no maturity in the Word of God. No knowledge of, the de of anything, of any depth in the Word of God. They've never brought anybody to Christ. They've not brought anybody hardly to church. Let alone, let alone have the ability to show them how to know that they can have heaven as their home. They're just, they, they've never gone. What happens? They're, they're just saved unbelievers. They have stagnated. How do you know that? Because God, the moment we get saved, God always brings us on a, on a, on a, on a life of faith. And watch, if you haven't grown, it's mean you have said no somewhere to God. I hope you're catching that. We've said no somewhere. Abraham didn't. We have great, great ab, a great uh, example of this in the life of Abraham. He went out. Could you imagine, Sarah? Where are we going? I don't know. What are we doing? We're leaving, we're leaving Iraq. That's, what he, that's where he's from. He's from Iraq. Or the Chaldees. He was in Iraq. We're leaving. Sarah says, well, well, why are we doing this? Well, God told us. Who's that? Now, we don't know what, I mean, obviously he came into a relationship with God. Nobody, listen, after Adam, everybody is born lost and in sin. Abraham wasn't born with a relationship with God. He had to come into that relationship somewhere. Where did he come in? Well, by faith. God approached him. He drew him. He called him. Abraham believed him and said yes. Well, Sarah had to do it too at some point, right? I mean, salvation has not changed from the beginning of time. It's always been the same. Obedience and faith to the voice of God. And uh, the evidence of the belief in faith is, is, is uh, obedience and walking with God in obedience. That's the evidence of the faith. 
in the belief. So Abraham was called to leave the land of Iraq to go wherever he had no clue where he was going. He didn't know where he was going to say. All the God said, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a property. I'm going to give you Canaan. And they went up north out of Iraq, north into the east, and came up into Israel. And God said, look it all over. I'm going to give it all to you. Right? But there's a second promise that God made to Abraham, and we know what that is, won't we? What was the second promise? What's that? You can say it. I think you're right. Yeah, his son. It wasn't Ishmael, was it? No, 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 no. How many Ishmaels do we have in our life? We got ahead of God, and now it's there. <laughs> and we're taking care of it. Let's, let's just say, how many of you ever bought a vehicle and you knew the Lord told you no? And then you couldn't get rid of the thing. It was a lemon. God's going, don't do it. And you're like, boy, I don't know. Right? I mean, just whatever it is. How many of you have made decisions in life when you knew the Spirit of God was putting up some roadblocks, right? And you got to, you know, you said, well, you know, I need to do this and I need to have that. And I got to do this. And, you know, and we make decisions and all of a sudden, before you know, we got this Ishmael attached to us. That wasn't really what God wanted for us, and now it just kind of drags us down to eventually. You ever been there? Eventually you just had to get rid of the thing. Hey, did I ever tell you about it? my dog? My dog I bought one time. <laughs> I think I have. This beautiful blue Great Dane. Yeah, his head was about here. He's right about right. And, uh, and uh, I, I had great plans. This was a long time ago before I ever came here. And, uh, and my plans was, hey, this is a, we love these Great Danes. It's, they, they're, they're worth a lot of money. And I spent money on a really expensive Great Dane. I got a really good price on him, which should have told me something. But the whole time before, while I was contemplating buying this animal, all of the puppies sold, it's shocking to me, for four or $5,000. Okay. This one sold for two, which is still ridiculous. But when you talk about breeding dogs, I mean, if a $2,000 dog and another two that breeds $5,000 puppies and they have, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 puppies at a time. You got to start doing the math, right? You can do a, one of those a year and add good supplementary and they're great. So anyway, for, for, so this lady said, I'll give you a deal on this one. Well, something should have said something, right? And I'm telling you, there was something in my spirit. It was the spirit of God, right? He wasn't saying don't buy a dog. I, I, I found out later he's saying don't buy this one because he knew he was a psycho, <laughs> I drove all the way to Iowa to get this thing, right? And I mean, I could, from the very first, they let him out of the pen. He was a year old already, which should have told me something. And man, he was a maniac. And I'm watching this thing run around. This 120, at the time, about 125 pounds. He got up to about 150. And I'm watching him like a maniac running. I'm going, ooh. I thought, ah, he's excited, you know. Put him in. Put him in the back of the SUV. I'm getting back, turned right around, came back to Missouri. Somewhere in Missouri, I had to stop and, and, and sleep. I'd gone up there, turned around to Davenport, turned around, come back. I pulled off in some parking lot. I'm telling you, in the back of the car, all of a sudden I heard, and I'm laying there, like, what is that? I ran out, I ripped open, I pulled him out of there. He had wet all over the back of the car. It is like somebody dumped, dumped a gallon bucket of water in the, I mean, he's a big dog, man. They go to the, anyway, <laughs> and it started there and it didn't end until I left him in Chattanooga, Tennessee at the veterinarian's office and said, you can have him. Yeah. What happened? It was, it was an Ishmael attacked my, attached to my life. Got ahead of God and he said, he was saying no and uh, bit a guy in the face down in Chattanooga. That was bad. 
man, <laughs> I thought I was going to be sued. I mean, I'm, I'm, tag, I'm immediately Googling dog bite laws in Tennessee. I'm like, well, this guy's like bleeding out of his face because my dog bit him. And, well, he got to, anyway, another, I, I'm just telling you, what am I saying? You've done this, haven't you? You've gotten ahead of God somewhere in your life before, and I'm, it's like it's been attached to you. But God had a different promise for Abraham is Isaac. It was Isaac. You talk about a journey of faith. Abraham had to wait for this promise. Listen to me, 25 years. We know what's happening to Abraham, right? He's going to be 100 years old. He's getting up there, and I mean, he's past the time of having kids. I mean, uh, Sarah's past the time of having uh, children. I mean, the Bible says she was past that time. And there was a request from God. God made a request of Abraham to follow him. That is the main request we get in our, our life. The main general request from God is to follow me. As we follow, watch, he'll start giving us details. Eventually the following turned in, here's the land, Abraham. He went out not knowing whether he was going. He just said yes. Do you know, he, he, he brought him to a land he didn't know. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I almost did. But secondly, not only was a call to his, uh, there was a call of testing of going out not knowing where he was going, but there was, a call, there was a call to sacrifice. So here he is, 100 years old, has no children except Ishmael, which is not the promised seed. So he has Isaac. The Bible says this, he loved Isaac. Do you realize the very first time the word love is used in the Bible, it is used between Abraham and Isaac? He loved his son, his only son. And Isaac probably, I don't know, some believe 17, 18 years old, maybe, maybe up even older than that, I don't know. And uh, God says, okay, I want you to, Sacrifice him. He says this, bring him to the mountains of Moriah. Right? I mean, this was a three-day journey. This was for three days. Think about this. Abraham's mulling this over in his mind while his only son's walking with him that he loves, that he's waited 100 years for. And now he's, now he's going to get rid of him. Now he's going to sacrifice him. Could you imagine what was going through Abraham's mind? This was a call to sacrifice. Hey, listen, God, God calls us often to sacrifice some things, doesn't he? God calls us oftentimes to give up some dreams and some dreams and hopes that we think we had. We, as God sometimes calls us to give things up that you're like, well, we know he gave it to us, right? No, God gave Abraham Isaac. It was, it was a miracle, right? And God said, I'm going to give him to you. You're going to have a son. And he did. And then he says, now I want him back. Ooh. Isn't, that, isn't that what happened with Samuel and, and Hannah? Samuel means lint of the Lord. You know, it's a good, hey, watch this. It is a good thing of the things that we possess and the things that we have and the things that God has given us. It is a good thing to keep this mentality, lint of the Lord. Lint of the Lord. Your children, your finances, your things, your hopes, the things you're planning for the future, your spouse, lent of the Lord. What does it mean? Hey, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our son-in-law, his, his grandparents in Ukraine, uh, uh, they lost one of their sons. He was murdered. He was murdered. And uh, they said, I, they, they were talking about it. And they said on the way from the, at the funeral, uh, uh, our son-in-law's grandfather, right, his uncle's dad, his reply at the funeral was, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. He had a, great, he had a right understanding 
of, of, of things and, th- and things that God gives us, that they were lent, totally lent to the Lord. L- look at it in our text, Genesis 22, look at verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. We know that word in English to us today, you know, it's like temptation, tempting to sin. We know that's not what it means here. That word tempt also means to test or to try. And so he's testing Abraham. He tempted Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, I'm here, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, there it is, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. This is pretty specific. There is a question that came up today, uh, or the other day, or yeah, just recently it was today, and on... Uh, on Jephthah, whether his, he really sacrificed his daughter physically. Whether, remember, she, he came back from the, from the battle. He says, whatever meets me at the house, first thing, I'm going to sacrifice it unto you. And he goes home, and uh, he was a judge of Israel. He goes home, and there comes his daughter out with the timbrels. And yeah, and he went, no. And he said, well, I made a vow unto the Lord. And the question was, did he really sacrifice her uh, Physically, was she killed? Was she sacrificed that way? I don't believe so. The Bible says she went two months with her, her fellows and mourned her virginity for, and, and knew not a man. I, I, uh, listen, it's, uh, it was his only daughter. I believe Jephthah, I believe Jephthah um, sacrificed his posterity. He had no children. He had no grandchildren. He had no name to carry on. He only had one daughter, and she was gone. And uh, in Israel, you've got to realize at that time, even at that time, even at the time of the judges, Moses had already told Israel, uh, back in Deuteronomy, he had already told them that Shiloh was coming. There is another prophet coming like unto myself, of your brethren, and he will deliver you. Moses was already telling them, he was already telling them that a Messiah was coming. And every Hebrew girl had the hope of giving birth to the Messiah. Every one of them. And uh, so two things here that were sacrificed his chance of having a posterity and her ever giving birth to the Messiah. Okay? So, you know, I I don't think Jeff actually killed her. But God was specific here with Abraham. A burnt sacrifice. That's pretty specific. Abraham understood what that was. That means there is nothing left. He wasn't sacrificing just a relationship like Hannah was or the closest like Hannah was, he is saying, no, he is going to be gone in really a kind of a gruesome way. How are you going to do this? How are you going to carry it out? If we remember, Abraham took the knife and he was coming down to kill Isaac and offer him as a burnt sacrifice and set him on fire after. That's the only way you do a burnt sacrifice. I mean, it's, it's kind of mind-numbing if you really... How do I say this? Stop looking at the Bible as a bunch of stories. These are events in history that happened. And they are just as real. Abraham would have had just as real of emotions as we did. Isaac at 18 years old walking up the mountain with all of the stuff saying, where's the lamb? And he said, God will provide yourself, himself the lamb. And then he says, all right, son, lay down. <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, no, he had to be willing too. I mean, he was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was willing and he laid down there when he could have easily done, gone and done something else. God requested from Abraham uh, it was a call to testing, and it was a call to sacrifice. Verse 4, And on the third day Abraham looked, lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And he said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder. Look at this. And worship, and come again unto you. Boy, you talk about faith. What was the faith of Abraham? 
How did he, how, how did he know that? Because, wait, God had already promised him a land. God had already promised him seed as the stars of heaven and the sand of the earth, sand, uh, sand, and the grains of sand upon the earth. So listen, you talk about faith. He goes, well, I don't know what you're doing, God. I mean, a burnt sacrifice is pretty final. But I know this, you have also promised that my seed will be as the stars of heaven. And I believe it. So he tells the servants, we'll come back. We're going to go worship and come back. The Bible doesn't tell us what Abraham thought. Maybe he was looking for resurrection right there. Maybe he thought he would come back at another time. I don't know what he thought. But he still believed God, and I love that the Holy Spirit saw fit to include this in the text. And Abraham, verse 6, took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. There's a picture of the cross beam of the cross laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He had to carry up Golgotha. Don't forget this. These are the same mountains of Moriah that we call Calvary today in the place of the skull. Isaac was walking up Calvary with the wood laid upon him. Beautiful typology of Jesus. Watch, Abraham loved him. Yeah, he loved him, just as the father loved the son. And here, and he took the fire in his hand, a knife, and the knife, and a knife. He had every intention. Wood, fire, knife, kill it, and then you burn it. Gruesome, isn't it? And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, here's a fire in the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Here's a beautiful prophetic passage, verse 8. Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And so they went both of them together. And they came to the place, and we know what happens here. He called him, he called him to sacrifice. A request, a request, a call to testing, and a call to to sacrifice. And so, notice secondly though, God requested from Abraham a couple things, but notice the response of obedience. It was immediate. It was immediate. He, he immediately went out to do this thing that seemed crazy. Absolutely insane. And uh, I, I like this because if we'll, we'll notice later... <clears throat> In the, in the chapter here, when the angel of the Lord, verse 11, look what he says. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Don't miss this. When God called him, he spoke to his name one time and Abraham went. To get him to stop, the angel had to call him twice. Abraham, Abraham. <laughs> right? Let me tell you, Abraham was more ready to stop to start than he was to stop. I like that. That is a life of faith. He is, watch, his obedience was immediate. We've talked about this. What, how many can tell me, what, what are the three legs of obedience? It's, it's a one stool. What are the three legs of the stool of obedience? Immediately, exactly, and with the right attitude. Let's say it all together. You ready? Immediately, exactly, and with the right attitude. Now, I used to always do this with the little kids in junior church. And they go, immediately, exactly, you don't know what I find out? Adults do the same thing. <laughs> right? We, we're, we have the same problem, don't we? No, we've got to... Re- it's not just for little kids, it's for us too. Because we're all a bunch of disobedient children as well, aren't we? Immediately, exactly, and in the right attitude. That is obedience. This was Moses, or Abraham's response to God. It was immediate. It was exactly 
Watch, it was with the right attitude. How do you know that? He said, we're going to go up and worship. Let me ask you this. How many, have, how many have had something in your life that God says, I want that out of your life? And you've considered it an act of worship. No, sometimes we go, uh-uh. We try to justify, well, you didn't really mean that. Maybe you meant this, right? I love his attitude. It was an attitude of worship. He acknowledged that God, watch, he was, he was acknowledging God's worth by immediately obeying and with the right attitude, a response of obedience. He was faithful. He was faithful. Listen to Hebrews 11, 11 through 12. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore spring there even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. He had a response, a response of obedience. He was immediately... And notice also, he was faithful. He was faithful. He reminded his son that God was going to provide himself a lamb. He reminded his servants that they're going to come back again. Why? Why? Because he knew God was faithful. He knew God was faithful. It's a good thing to remember when you have things come into our life that we don't understand. What What do we do so often? How many have been here? So often it's like... Oh, it's all over. (laughs) It's over. It'll never happen. It'll never work. Right? Then three days later, you're reminded of the faithfulness of the Lord, and you go, oh, why did I do that? Why did I react that way? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Many, many years ago, the missionary Adoniram Judson had gone to Burma. And there he was in a prison, in a Burmese prison. He was shackled around the ankles and around, the, around his wrists. He had about 30 pounds of chains laying on him. Wasn't running away from that too soon. And, uh, and he was uh, just lie, lying there in this uh, filthy jail cell. And uh, they said a fellow prisoner, he wrote, a fellow prisoner was in there with him and kind of in a, with a sneering look on his face. He said, uh, Dr. Judson, what about the prospect of the conversion of the heathen? No, you've come here to convert the heathen. Here you are in a prison. He said, Dr. Judson, what about the prospect? Uh, he said, he's saying, what about now? How, how's it going now? What about the prospect of converting the heathen now, Dr. Judson? The, the, he wrote this. The instant reply was this. The prospects are just as bright as the promises of God. Yeah. Great work happened in Burma. Yeah. We actually support missionaries that are in that area right now, this, even today. Uh, some of our missionaries there. It's a wonderful thing. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for in the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And we know it goes on in Hebrews 11, it goes on to verse 6, and it says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For those that come to Him must believe that He is, and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. 
You want to please God? You want to please Him? Live by faith. Live by faith. Well, the thing He's asking me seems so trivial and so insignificant. It doesn't matter. Trust Him and live by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? You want a simple, a real simple definition? Obey the Word. Every time you do what the Word says, you are living by faith. Because it's revealed. This is a revealed Word of God from the Holy Spirit of God. It isn't natural, it is revealed. And every time you obey the Word, you're living by faith. You're living by faith. This is what Abraham did. It was a response of obedience. His response of obedience was immediate and it was faithful. It was faithful. Listen to 2 Corinthians 1, 3, 3, 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we comforted ourselves. God tests us to build our faith, to be an example to other believers, and to increase our spiritual capacity to enjoy a meaningful relationship with Him. Listen, if it's impossible to please Him without faith, if you're not living by faith, your relationship with Him, your fellowship with Him is going to be stagnant. It's going to be distant feeling. And you watch this. When God gets distant feeling, you'll start replacing Him with other things that make it even worse. Yeah. I don't have time to get on that. What time? We've got to move on. Well, here he is. I want to show you the results of faith. We had a request from the Lord. <laughs> we had the response of obedience. And then notice here the results of faith. Look at verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now, look at this, I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. Notice these, these uh, pronouns from me. Or these, uh, not pronouns. Anyway, notice, notice what he's using here. I and me. I and me. Do you see where it says an, an angel of the Lord? Who was that? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch. Jesus was, de- was drawing an illustration what he himself was going to do one day. It's awesome. I'm telling you, you can't plumb to the depths of the word of God. You dig deeper and deeper and deeper, and I'm telling you, it gets wider and wider and wider. It's awesome. It's awesome. He said, I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Jesus was going to be the substitution for you and I. Amen. I love that. So here he is. Abraham finds himself up on Mount Moriah here at the moral elevation of his trial. The moral elevation. 
Listen, you don't get any higher than this. He had to go up the mountain to the, to the sacrifice, but you don't get any higher than this, offering up your own child. Yeah. But he proved himself, didn't he? Listen to Philippians 2, 7 through 8. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Yeah. God was well pleased with Abraham, wasn't he? With his faith. He promised to bless him in verses 15 through 18. Abraham was going through with it, friend. Don't, do not mistake this. In his heart and his mind, his son was dying that day. And he was going to set him on fire. Gruesome, I know. It really is. Yeah. And uh, Isaac went on. I wonder how this impacted Isaac's life. I think, and listen, I think so many children struggle Christian in, in Christian homes because their parents never really gave them over to the Lord. Yeah. Oh no, I don't want you to experience that. Oh no, I don't want that to happen. Oh no, I don't. Oh no, you know. No, no, no. I don't. You know. Yeah. I don't. I don't want you to be a missionary. I don't want you to be this. I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. What are they doing? They're just. They're keeping them. Right. When so many times God says, "No, they're mine. I want them." Yeah. You know what happened? You know what, you know what Abraham got? He got a replacement and he got a son back. <laughs> and the promise of God. You notice that many times. when I, I've noticed this over and over again. Listen, when God asks us of something, I've noticed over and over. When you say yes, it's uncanny how so many times you get it back. Down the road in a different way or a different fashion. Yeah, I love it. So an angel of the Lord, verse 15. Would you look at that, please? Look at verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of the heaven the second time and said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. How have the nations of all of the earth been blessed? They've been blessed by Jesus Christ. Amen. Absolutely. So God gives a replacement. We see that. We know how this goes. The word there, the name God, Jehovah Jireh, meaning God provides. We see that. There is a young lady by the name of Lauren McLean, or McCain, I think it was. She was a student at Virginia Tech back in 2007. She was one of the students that was killed on that campus when that deranged gunman went through the campus and killed a bunch of kids. And Man, it's been, it seems like forever ago. I've almost forgotten about it. But um, she was a freshman from Shawnee, Oklahoma. And she had a personal website uh, that she maintained. And she wrote on that website a powerful statement about her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what she said. I got it written down here. The purpose and love of my life is Jesus Christ. Now listen to what she goes on to say. I love how this is worded. I don't have to argue religion or philosophy 
or historical evidence because I know him. I know him. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? Adrian Rogers said one day, he said, you could tell me all day long that you don't believe in apple pie, but he says, I'm telling you, I've had it and I believe it. (laughs) When you meet the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, friend, when you meet him, nobody can argue out of him because you know him. You know him. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, For as much as you know, you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There was a pastor by the name of Luther uh, Bridges, Bridgers back in the early 1900s. And uh, he had a wife and three boys and they were going to the, through Kentucky on a vacation to go visit uh, Mrs. Bridgers' parents, his in-laws. And they had shown up to the house there in Kentucky very late in the evening and they said, oh, remember the, remember the days without cell phones and all of these things? When you got to the relative's house, it was like grand reunion. I mean, it was, they had been waiting, the anticipations built on both sides. It's like, ah, you know. And so they got in late at night and I feel sorry for kids that don't understand that. They're missing out. You know, texting every four minutes. You know, at the corner, around the, don't give me a good one, you know. Anyway. And so, so they, they got in late. They had a great little reunion there. They'd gone to bed pretty late. And, uh, but it just so happened they had a neighbor that was a little restless that night. He couldn't sleep. Looked out of his window and he saw the home on fire, the Bridgers' home. The in-laws of the Bridgers' home on fire. He got in there. He was uh, able to wake up uh, the pastor. He was able to wake up the in-laws, Mrs. Bridgers' parents. They could not get his wife and three boys awake, and they died in the fire that night. And they could not get there. And as you would understand, Pastor Bridgers, he, uh, he would just live through a, a time of despair and a time of just darkness. I, I cannot fathom. I can't fathom that. We cannot. Unless you've been through that, you can't do it. And during those days of darkness, during the days of sorrow, he remembered a promise of the Lord. That, we, that you find in Job chapter 35. And I love this. Job said this, But none saith, Where is God my maker, who giveth songs in the night? Pastor Bridgers went on to write that hymn, He Keeps Me Singing. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. There's within my heart a melody, Right? Jesus whispers sweet and low. Wow. Pretty incredible, really, when you think about it. See, his response to God was correct. It really was. It was a test in his life. It was a thing that came into his life, listen, that was going to decide how he responded to God. Whether he was going to move forward in obedience or whether he was going to turn around in bitterness and walk away. And listen, at every... At every uh, crossroad in our life, we have a choice to make. By faith, we're going to either move forward and trust God, yep, and continue a life of obedience, or we're going to turn away in bitterness and walk away. How many of you know those? How many have people that you know personally that have, that have strayed from the Lord in bitterness? They're just living bitter lives. Isn't it a miserable life? It's a miserable existence. They're miserable to be around. They really are. And it doesn't have to be that way. Not at all. 
You know what we need to do? We need to move forward in faith. Uh, Abraham had a journey to make, a journey, a journey to go, and he, and he made it. He got there. And listen, if Abraham can do it, listen, so can you and so can I. Listen, we are the same flesh. Like it said of Elijah, a man of like passions. No different. No different. You can believe God just as much as Abraham did. Your, your, listen, your relationship with him is either going to lead, lead you to higher ground or it's going to leave you in the valley. It'll lead you in the, in the, in the dark and the despair. Yeah. It's up to you. Uh, I would recommend this for all of us. And I'm, I'm saying us because I'm included, right? I'd say this to all of us. Let's choose the faith life. Yeah. Let's choose that. And because uh, God does have, a, you are on a journey, whether you realize it or not. You say, well, my life's insignificant. I'm not Abraham. I'm not Moses. I'm not this. I'm not that. Friend, if you, if you have the indwelling spirit of God in you, if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, God has a plan for your life. He has a will for your life. It may seem insignificant, but it's not. It's not. It's a walk of faith, and he has a purpose in it. Stay on the trail. Stay on there. Father, thank you today. Help us. To, as you bring us through circumstances in our life that we need to either respond by faith or we'll respond with bitterness. Help us to choose faith. Help us to trust you. Uh, Lord, we have so much evidence. We have so much of your faithfulness behind us. Uh, Lord, how could we not look forward? With the assurance that, that, that Abraham did, we're going up to worship, but we're coming back. Lord, would you help us to have that attitude and that faithfulness and that assurance and that uh, surety in you? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Don't forget the Thanksgiving sign-up sheets in the back. I think most everybody got signed up. But maybe the Lord put it on your mind to bring four or five things. I don't know. But it's back there if that happened, all right?